Hello everyone, once again, and welcome to yet another episode of the Gut Wrench Podcast. Thank you all for joining me in this episode of the Gut Wrench Podcast. This episode is more of a satirical uh, look back at wrestling's funniest moments, and not really, I won't say Funniest, you know, rather we're looking at one episode from 2016 in particular. So, not only is this episode a train wreck for a bunch of reasons, um, but also, let's see, here's, here's what happened, okay? So, <clears throat> I kind of forgot that. Tonight was Friday. You pay attention to what I'm saying. I upload these, or I rather record these on Friday night. I kind of forgot that tonight was Friday. As soon as I got home, you know, I was so tired and overwhelmed from work that I decided that it was a good idea to go to sleep. And whenever I woke up, I realized something. It's 9 o'clock. In order for me to actually provide consistent content, I would have had to, like, uh, look at something that AEW was doing this week. And speaking of AEW, here's something that I should have covered two weeks ago, but unfortunately I missed the boat. <clears throat> I missed my opportunity to make this announcement. But, I'm sure that you've all heard already that after years, that the last time that she wrestled was probably 2014, I want to say. The last time that she was relevant, rather, was probably 2014. But, after years, Soraya has returned to the wrestling ring. Thanks to Dr. Uh, Samson, I think his name is. Um, and thanks to Dr. Samson, she has been cleared to compete despite the fact that she has a... I'm going to say this real slow for you. Life-threatening injury. Her neck... Her neck is basically a ticking time bomb. And um, I would not recommend her to be anywhere near a wrestling ring. It is fine if she wants to make this decision. Everything is cool. Everything is a-okay by me. Professionally, though... I feel as though that, like, I'm fighting two sides here. There's this, there's this small nostalgia trip that I'm having, and then I'm thinking Soraya has finally came back to the wrestling ring, and regardless, uh, it, like, you'll get so many people on Twitter, and don't worry, I'll get back to the other part of me that I'm fighting, but you'll get so many people on Twitter, and I swear, I keep, or I kept, seeing them rather I don't see them anymore but I kept seeing them and they would just be like 
I don't want Paige to show up for AEW. I wanted her on Monday Night Raw. What happened? Like, why can't she wrestle for WWE? I don't like it. You know, like, get over yourself, kid. Don't be so mad about the fact that she's not working for WWE anymore. You should be happy that she's in a wrestling ring in any capacity. You shouldn't be upset with the fact that she's not with WWE so that she can be more PG. Well, as of late, they're apparently no longer PG, but still, that's not the point. Like, it's just the way that they've done their stuff, their stuff in, in later, or in earlier times, in earlier episodes, is what I mean to say. <clears throat> and the fact is that whenever you think about like Soraya coming back I feel as though that it is it is wanted but is it needed you know and I do apologize I forgot to do my intro again. Hello everyone, my name is Mocha, your name is not Mocha, and if your name's not Mocha, perhaps, just maybe, you should go barge in your parents' room and ask them why you don't have a cool name like Mocha. By the way, not only did I steal that from an anime character, but also it's so that my ex-girlfriend can, um find me easier oh, provided that she was to listen to six minutes of this you know anyway and this week we will be continuing I decided to forego the whole hey we're gonna skip a week and then do it next week so this week we're gonna go ahead and do the whole um giveaway thing like I did last week or I attempted to do last week but nobody budged like nobody I didn't get nobody who wanted gift card cash app like I'm, I'm giving you free money and this week is going to be the last week that I do it so if you haven't contacted me on Twitter by Friday Which is the day that I record this right here. If you have not contacted me. Thursday before 11.50. Or rather I should say Thursday before 11.59 p.m. Bleeding into 12 o'clock midnight. You know it's kind of like the fairy tale ends at 12 o'clock midnight. And I'm sorry to say this but Soraya Page as most of you know her as, uh, coming to AEW, and a small part of me dies whenever I say this, but I'm just being completely honest with not only myself, but also my audience. What does it do for her? Perhaps they offered her 
you know, some sort of package deal, some money in it, and I am all on board as far as, like, Soraya facing off against someone like Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, um, or, for that matter, Soraya versus Jade Cargill. That, that sounds really good, and I'm a huge proprietor, especially of women's wrestling, as you all know, because I push for women's wrestling more, if not almost as much as the men, as I do push for the men's wrestling, rather. This week, though, like I said, I forgot for whatever reason, I neglected to look at any sort of media to cover a wrestling to cover a an episode or garner an episode of professional wrestling. I did look at one episode of WWE. 2016 Friday Night Smackdown. And the one thing that got me to look at this was the thumbnail as I was scrolling past um, episodes of Smackdown on a Wednesday. And I did know that it was Wednesday. But I forgot that the day after Wednesday is Thursday... I forgot that the day after Thursday is Friday. Or maybe I was just too tired or... I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. I'm trying not to crack my voice too much. And for that matter, I'm trying not to scream. And um, one other thing that I'm really trying not to do is cough or... You know, that that heaping dry cough that I usually do whenever I move my microphone out of the way. <coughs> like that. But sometimes my throat gets dry. You know, I don't know. This podcast, this platform, is less about my throat being dry. Less about how much I cough. Less about how much I forget about what day of the week it is, and more about one thing, and that's what we're going to be getting into here in just a second. And also, I'm going to tell them, or rather tell you guys, not really them, what I feel as though that they could have done right Because in 2016, I was faced with a small, very small problem. And this really highlights one of those problems that I was faced with, as far as me being a wrestling viewer goes. But no one on Twitter at that time, and also at that time, only had like 34 followers on Twitter, and I kept tweeting stuff like, hashtag new followers... Hashtag, uh, where the party at, you know, because I was under the impression that no one wanted to follow me because 
of my YouTube channel. Which, granted, doesn't really have that much of a view of viewership in the first place. I didn't know what it was that people weren't following me. Because I had Twitter since like 2016, 2019. Well, before 2019, but you know, I'd had Twitter... 2014 maybe but that's whenever my first Twitter got banned because a group of people who disagreed with what I said that's this is why I'm very careful on what I say um <clears throat> with Twitter and I try not to get into arguments really but um a group of people who are Kevin Owens fans as well as Sami Zayn followers and fans and don't worry Sami Zayn has me blocked so I can't see anything unless I was to make an alt account um to view his like him blocking me is honestly a, a blessing in disguise because I didn't want to see anything that he retweets in that his fan base retweets anyway however 11 22 2016 this show, as I stated before, is a little bit chaotic. I, on the on the wrestling side, you really don't have that many great, and I'm going to really highlight the word great. You don't have that many great wrestling matches. And really, it's not the wrestling matches that we're concerned with, but rather the entertainment value that the stories behind the wrestling matches bring. Are you following me so far? Because growing up, I was always told that wrestling is like, quote, a soap opera for men, which I don't necessarily think is true. But regardless of what I think is true, or regardless of what the demographic is for people who would watch pro wrestling in 2016, or the demographic um, for people who watch professional wrestling overall, because they don't have one set demographic. They want... They want a family to sit down and be able to watch it every week. You know, they want camaraderie. I think, in all honesty, that's what I do is I... And maybe you do too. You, you my um, esteemed viewers. Maybe you as well associate something like sports with family time. Hence why... Even though I hate football, everyone and their mom likes football for whatever reason. Every time that it comes on, it's like, oh, the game's on. Oh, let's watch it. Great. There went everyone's attention span. And then whenever you try to talk, it's like, shh, football's on. God damn it. I swear, you can't get through to these people. Anyway, back to what I was saying. Usually during, like, you know, Thanksgiving, what 
we usually call Turkey Day and what some of my Canadian viewers might call Boxing Day. I'm not really sure why, but that culture, you know. Maybe you prefer boxing over a cooked ham and a cooked turkey. I'm not really sure what your train of thought is over here, but it, it, it's fine. It's it's all good. Um, my point, of course, being is that you would eat some turkey, have some mashed potatoes, maybe some gravy, you know, some corn, a roll, uh, some stuffing on the side, uh, maybe some hot dogs, some hamburgers, you know, a little bit of macaroni. I hate macaroni, but I mean, each is to their own, I guess. Um, potato salad, love me some potato salad. You know, you, you get your plate and your sides and your drink. Hopefully it's a big drink because you're going to need it for all that food. But nonetheless, you get all this. You sit down. You just want to watch a football game or a basketball game or the college game. Because, you know, college kids don't celebrate don't celebrate um, Thanksgiving. Everybody knows that. Anyway, I suppose that it's enough with the stick and enough with the long-winded introduction. And actually, no, it's not enough with the stick. Do you know why? Because I've been bouncing the ball of, I guess you could say, stalling in one way or another, or for that matter, talking about Soraya, talking about everything under the sun for nearly 20 minutes. Now you know how I felt whenever I was watching this episode of professional wrestling, WWE's Smackdown Live. And had that been the case, I made a note here that said 20 minutes in and we get our first wrestling contest. And for that matter, it sucked. But we're going to go ahead and uh, watch, not watch, but recap what happened on this night, 11-22-2016. Shows highlights from the November pay-per-view, which is Survivor Series, and I can't spell Survivor nor Series, so I just put November pay-per-view. And putting the um, SS would also lead me to believe that it was either Survivor Series or SummerSlam, so I didn't want to um, confuse myself later on down the road. It shows the highlights from the November pay-per-view the last Sunday a SmackDown reigned supreme. So, for those of you not in the loop, uh, Survivor Series has their annual, what is it, 5-on-5 five five elimination tag team to figure out who the sole survivor is. It would mean something if the sole survivor got anything out of being the quote sole survivor for their team rather than just bragging rights for that year and the year's almost over so almost for a month you can come out and say oh yeah well I was the sole survivor this year so put that in your pipe and smoke it you know like you can't but like the sole survivor doesn't get anything you know 
it would make sense if the sole survivor got like the last um entry number into the royal rumble for like that year or if the sole survivor got a championship match later on down the line and it would make it mean something too rick flair said it best whenever he said that this business is about two things breaking necks and cashing checks and then he went on to go woo like that sort of Shane McMahon comes through the ring after we watch those highlights from the Survivor Series pay-per-view Shane McMahon comes through the ring we hear the here comes the money and uh, we get the Shane O'Mac chance and Shane McMahon makes one fatal mistake he says he basically comes out and puts Dean Ambrose's name in his mouth. So then Ambrose comes down to the ring. Well, at yesterday's, their last pay-per-view that this happened at, Dean Ambrose briefly teamed up with his shield brethren and put AJ Styles through an announce table at that year's Survivor Series. Now, that's a problem because Dean Ambrose is on SmackDown. His shield brethren at the time were on Monday Night Raw. And, I mean, AJ Styles... The guy that he put through the table was also on his team at the Survivor Series. So, it becomes somewhat of a question as to why he did what he did. And, for the remainder of the night, after Shane McMahon and Dean Ambrose have a sort of a conversation, sort of, McMahon wants Ambrose to leave the arena. And he leaves the arena. He leaves twice. But we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, So he also mentions Roman Reigns by name. Shane McMahon does. Because he says, I gotta hand it to Monday Night Raw. Their team really put on... Hell of a show, and then he like mentions certain names on the Monday Night Raw roster. He even mentions Roman Reigns, and here's something else that I never really understood people boo Roman Reigns, and I never really got. I never really got that. I never really understood that. Was it because of the Royal Rumble? Um. The year prior, the 2015 Royal Rumble, the 20, what was it? Would it be the 2016 Royal Rumble? And if so, how can you still be mad at Roman? Or how can you still, like, boo this man? It took so much to finally 
make people understand and for that matter have a heavy amount of respect for Roman Reigns and create the character that he is today. Nonetheless, um, I never really understood that. You would boo Roman, but you would cheer Daniel Bryan despite the fact that he's doing a shitty job as a... Um, I'm going to put this in air quotes. I don't know if it's... Well, I don't know if it's supposed to be like... Was his job as general manager supposed to be kayfabe? You know, because Brian almost seems like he's just an incompetent manager overall. Like, he couldn't manage the football team, let alone a Burger King. <clears throat> James Ellsworth uh, single-handedly took out Braun Strowman. So, they, they show these... um clips from the Survivor Series Braun Strowman is on the Raw team and James Ellsworth for whatever reason was on the Smackdown team and yeah they they say that James Ellsworth single handedly took down Braun Strowman but all I see is um, Ellsworth get up and whenever he does get up it looks like that he's hiding under the announce table um from the highlights that they show him, it, they're almost like told through pictures, you know? And anyway, Ellsworth gets up in a black and white photo, and he looks like he's really surprised. And then JBL or Cole or someone is, is yelling, well, what the hell just happened? I don't know, dickhead. You're supposed to tell me. So that I ain't gotta watch this shit. Ambrose, Rollins, and Reigns put AJ through a table. Uh, Ellsworth uh, gets a contract. Ambrose gets the night off. So, basically, James Ellsworth says something along the lines of he wants a contract. Uh, AJ Styles comes out then, right? AJ makes his big appointed debut. Debut. <laughs> uh, I mean, he, he just basically comes out and he lays it on thick for James Ellsworth and lets him know that he doesn't deserve anything. James Ellsworth doesn't deserve a damn thing according to AJ Styles. And he says if he wants to really earn it, then he'll face him later on in the night in a ladder match for your contract, Ellsworth. It's exactly what happens to is basically AJ goats Ellsworth into a ladder match. And Ellsworth has one condition. If he faces AJ in a ladder match later on tonight, he wants something in return. Ellsworth wants a shot at the WWE Championship that AJ Styles currently holds. And AJ laughingly, he's laughing directly in this man's face. He says, sure. You know what? Sure. I could beat you in under a minute, he says. And JBL on commentary is going absolutely irate. And 
he says stuff like, how does this slug crawl out the swamp that he was in? <laughs> he's got the best, <laughs> he's got the best um, insults. One of them includes, it's as if an alien and the Loch Ness Monster had sex and had a baby. That's what you would get. You would get James Ellsworth. <laughs> I swear, JBL on commentary is golden. He's the peak of commentary. <clears throat> Regardless of the fact, uh, he gets a contract. If Lonnie won't think about it, I already. Okay, so James Ellsworth says that he already beat AJ twice. But he'll do it again, and he'll do it in a TLC match if he has to. A segment between The Miz and Brian, where Miz says it's Mizgiving. Keep in mind, it's barely Thanksgiving. It was Friday Night Smackdown. I don't even think that that was the last Thursday in November, but just keep that in mind. Uh, <clears throat> the Miz says it's Miz giving and he's going to celebrate and Brian should be thankful Miz was able to keep the uh, championship on Smackdown because Brian had to face off I'm sorry the Miz rather had to face off against two other competitors he had to face off against Kalisto and Sami Zayn of Monday Night Raw. Sami Zayn of Monday Night Raw. And Kalisto of Friday Night Smackdown. Is what I should have said. Because both of them were not from Monday Night Raw. <clears throat> but nonetheless. What I mean to say is that. The Miz basically comes to Daniel Bryan. With a huge complaint. And then he's basically like. How come you never give me an opportunity you know I am your intercontinental champion after all and of course Brian and this is the thing that really got me at the time I didn't like the fact that Brian was and this is probably why I had 30 followers back then <coughs> because I had an unpopular opinion and if that's what you want to call it an unpopular opinion I simply used facts to back up my arguments back then and if I have to, I'll do it again here. Um, Brian was a lackluster general manager at best. He really didn't understand the concept of, oh, this man has a, has a championship. And even though I don't like him, even though I don't like The Miz, maybe I should respect the fact that he's the champion, I'm the general manager. It would be like if I walked into Walmart... My manager didn't like me, so she didn't want to work with me at all, you know, to the point to where she was just like, oh, I've had about enough of you, 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 you crawling up and down this, this hallway here at the Walmart. I really don't like you, so I'm really not going to work with you. So you're going to, you're going to work on the days that I'm off. You know, it would be something like that. It sounds really petty. 
coming from Brian. Almost like he's either jealous of The Miz, or for that matter, there's a part of me that wants to think that Daniel Bryan was booked this way. That it was booked to look like he doesn't like The Miz, but to me it seems like it's very genuine that he just doesn't like The Miz at all. He doesn't have any sort of, and even though I don't like you Miz, I'm still going to keep the championship on a Friday Night Smackdown. And for that matter, I'm going to give you a fighting chance. I'm going to um, book you even though I don't like you. It's kind of like you have to kiss the boss's ass to get anywhere in this damn company. Hard work will get you nowhere. <coughs> And for me, it comes off a little bit like if Brian doesn't like you, then you're not going to get very far. But Brian puts The Miz in a one-on-one -on -one match against Kalisto, one half of the Lucha Dragons. <clears throat> and... Kalisto versus The Miz happens and about a minute and 12 seconds goes by and Baron Corbin shows up and Corbin has it in for um, <coughs> Kalisto. Distracting him with enough time, enough time for The Miz to uh, pick up the victory. Off of the skull crushing finale. And the pinfall. Um, and JBL. Here's also something else that I'm glad that I watched this episode in particular. This is somewhat of an unpopular opinion as well. So I've also gotten a lot of heat. Uh, for my disdain, my dislike of Kevin Owens. And one reason that I don't like Kevin Owens, one reason out of many, is because of how unathletic he truly is. Of the fact that he, he moves like a, a snail in a winter snowstorm. <clears throat> I feel as though that the big show could move a lot faster than him. And people who are uh, far... Uh, I want to say bigger than him. And I mean that in physique wise. Because I don't know like who's going to be fatter. You know if we were to put them on a scale or for that matter. Weigh them you know. Who would be the biggest of the two Samoa Joe. The big Samoan submission machine who's made a name for himself doing practically everything and anything and he makes it look good by the way whenever Samoa Joe is in a wrestling ring you know that he is a absolute dominant force in professional wrestling 
And if you've never seen Samoa Joe in Ring of Honor, maybe you've seen him in Impact Wrestling, or maybe you've seen him and it took him this damn long to get to WWE, only to have it pulled away from him. He got fired twice within 24 hours and then got fired a third time, like weeks later. Or it was probably wasn't weeks. I, I'm not 100% for sure. But, you know, just to get fired a third time on top of that. Like, WWE doesn't necessarily have their their ducks all in a row, and it really shows. David Otunga talks about Kevin Owens' waistline on Twitter. He said that he's going to get in trouble no matter what he says, and JBL... JBL once again comes in and then he says, David, if you have anything to say to me, you can say it over Twitter. <laughs> I see that's where you like to pick your fights. So, of course, he's talking to David Otunga about the fact that uh, he's been picking fights over Twitter. And one thing that apparently Otunga said, because Otunga mentioned it, the fact that he talks about quote Kevin Owens waistline now this is not the first time believe it or not this is one of at least two times that I've heard of but I'm sure that there are more instances where people would pick on Kevin Owens because of his size now it's not he looks like a short fat cracked up version of Danny DeVito that's exactly what Kevin Owens looks like if you're a Kevin Owens fan, I do apologize for the things that I'm saying about your hero. And I do apologize if it makes you feel some sort of way. I'm simply see, I'm simply calling things as I see them. And one thing that I do realize is that people who work for what they have tend to keep it. But people who don't work and they... <clears throat> very amusingly uh, suck the boss's teat and live off of their reputation as a oh you remember that time I did that thing in Ring of Honor yeah it was pretty cool man Answer me this, if Kevin Owens is so good, why did it take him nearly 16 to 20 years to make it to WWE? You would figure that he would want to be there whenever they were at the peak of competition. Competition in which that Kevin Owens more than likely couldn't hang with. Kevin Owens probably couldn't even make it in the Attitude Era because he doesn't have much of an attitude. As far as personality goes, he's sort of dry in that department as well. I do apologize if this has become about Kevin Owens. And once again, I've made my points exactly clear and ever so often I tend to revisit the same topic that two or three episodes ago I end up saying well if I ignore him he'll go away no what I want to do 
is shame him so that he stays away. The fact that Kevin Owens always wrestles with his shirt on tends to hype David Atunga's theory, or rather tweet, that he sent in 2016 even more. What do I mean by that? And now I know that there's a lot of you are probably a little bit confused. He's always wrestling with his shirt on. What's that supposed to mean? It means that he has the body of a 80-year-old man going through dialysis and gaining 40 pounds every time he gets a treatment. The body of a 25-year-old who has never worked out or seen the inside of a gymnasium in their life. He's basically got like a combination of the beer gut and the dad bod, you know, that guys tend to get once they turn 40. But anyway, I suppose I'm straying further and further from the point. You could call these personal bias on my part, but I would prefer not to call them that. I would prefer to call them unpopular opinion. Because for whatever reason, an unpopular opinion seems to be something that people frown upon. Anyway, JBL ends up telling David Otunga that if he has anything to say to him, he can say it over Twitter. Because that's where he picks his fights. I gave this match, The Miz and Kalisto, one out of five stars. It was over as soon as it ended, with Kalisto being hit with a skull-crushing finale, and The Miz picking up the victory, and it was for the Intercontinental Championship. Anyway, after The Miz wins, Dolph Ziggler superkicks him, uh... Whenever he's on the stage, The Miz is on the stage. A segment from the women's division when Alexa asks when is her championship match. Becky comes in and says in two weeks at TLC. And Shane makes a match between Natalia and Becky. And Becky, the SmackDown Women's Champion, Natty... Natty's got something to say. And here's what she says. Near, far, wherever you are, I will beat you. And at this point, Alexa barges. Like, she had been sitting there listening to that. And she goes, oh my god, again, again. And then she goes, I can't. And then she just walks away. And they sort of take a pause, and Natty states it again. Near, far, wherever you are, I will beat you, Becky. Because this heart, and then she points to herself, and she says, will go on and on. And then Dean comes in. So Ambrose comes in, and he's got pizza. <laughs> and he gives Shane 
a bite of pizza. Now, if you'll remember, um, if I didn't already say it, um, Shane told Ambrose to take the night off. He basically made sure that he walked out of the arena. And Dean comes in. He's got pizza. And he gives Shane a piece. And Shane McMahon is literally sitting there saying, no, leave. Dean, I I'm going to ask you again. I'm going to ask you to leave. He's like, please exit the building. Fucking stop. Stop showing up. And Becky says, see you later, Dean. After I take a piece of Natty's arm. And then she says, get it? Pizza? Pizza? JBL on commentary says, this place is out of control. <laughs> I swear. It's like, it's like all of the three stages, three stages, the three stooges have taken over SmackDown Live. And I swear, it's the most hilarious thing you'll ever see. If you ever go back, watch this. And watch this. Don't take notes like I did. Just go back and watch it for the nostalgia trip. Um, the only reason that I watched it, though, was because I seen a thumbnail. And the thumbnail was basically Dean Ambrose. Um dressed up as the Mountie and don't worry we'll get to that uh, JBL says this place is out of control and it shows people in line for Wrestlemania and passionate wrestling fans you know nowadays you can just buy your tickets online you ain't gotta wait you know six seven days in line you know like there was one guy for this package that they showed for wrestlemania countdown to wrestlemania or whatever it was there was one guy who was like i've been here for three days and i'm like why why and then there was another guy who was like we've been here for three hours yeah wrestlemania you know that's great to like why would you be there for three days is that money that you got in your pocket really burning a hole in your pocket? How long? I'm curious to know. How long, sir, did you take off of work <laughs> in order to uh, see, you, see you guys later? I'm taking a week vacation so that I can go buy some WrestleMania tickets. And then what are you going to do once WrestleMania rolls around, you doof? Now that you already asked for three days off in November, because this was in this was November 22nd, God knows when they filmed this you know, WrestleMania package that I'm even talking about, just so that they could air it, you know, on the television. The hype bros start with, okay, so now they just have some tag team turmoil match. Um, it seems like it was a last minute thing. Even though they, they did talk about it at the beginning of the program. But anyway, the hype bros start with, the Ascension, uh, Breeze Dongo comes out next, uh, after the Ascension gets eliminated, uh, then out comes American Alpha, uh, and then it comes down to American Alpha, Breeze Dongo, um, and then Breeze Dongo, or, I'm sorry, American Alpha makes short work of the Von Villains, and the Usos come out after the Von Villains. 
Now, that's where that match really started to shine because the Usos and the um, American Alpha had a really, really banger of a contest. The rest of that match wasn't even worth mentioning because everybody got like 60 seconds in the ring and then after that, they got eliminated. This was all to crown the number one contender for the um, SmackDown Live uh, Tag Team uh, Championship. A number one contender for the uh, championship match that was to happen at TLC. And I know that I haven't talked about TLC yet, but the, they were basically shoving it down your face. Now, this is what I like. This is what I like to see. Uh, nowadays, their pay-per-views tend to go like... Um, Okay, we just had SummerSlam, boys. Any ideas on what we should do after SummerSlam? I got an idea. Oh, ooh, ooh, Mr. McMahon, pick me, pick me. And then he picks the guy, and then he says, what if we have a celebrity like Snoop Dogg or Logan Paul, and we put them in the wrestling ring to build hype for their upcoming movie or book? And we keep Roman Reigns relevant because Roman will still be in the championship match. And then he's like, that's a great idea. Do what he said. And there's no story. There's absolutely no story. All of a sudden, it just gets posted on social media for no goddamn reason whatsoever. That's what they're missing. They're missing a story. They're missing a story like uh, Becky saying something along the lines of she's going to take a pizza. And whenever she means a pizza, she means she's going to take a pizza Natty's arm. See what I did there? She's going to take a pizza Natty's arm. Because if you don't know, Becky used to do like, look up her, her um, vines. Those were really funny. Uh, Becky Lynch's vines were really funny. <laughs> There's one wherever she says, I really cherish. And then she pulled up like a steel chair. Or there's one wherever she says something like, um. Uh, oh, the, uh. She was talking to Paige, I think. She said, Your actions last week, Paige, I really appall them and then she picks up an apple okay i'm sorry they're all they're all funny you you guys would have to look them up though but anyway i gave this match right here uh four out of five stars at the end though is whenever the mystery really starts so the wyatt family was supposed to be in the tag team turmoil match but instead all of a sudden the lights go out of course, Bray Wyatt comes up on the entrance ramp or whatever, and then all of a sudden they just start with like this eerie music playing in the background. And for whatever reason, Randy Orton's there, and so is Bray Wyatt, and so is Eric Rowan. And then I'm like, I don't remember this version of the Wyatt family, but I mean, it works. And Wyatt and Orton end up saying because we're not just a team we're a family and then Wyatt basically says that he's he's going to um, show up next week and they will continue next week and the last thing he says is run 
very eerie promo from Bray Wyatt, despite the fact that at this time, Halloween was over. <clears throat> James Ellsworth comes into the picture uh, talking to Brian. Uh, in doing so, Brian gets caught, cut off by Dean Ambrose because Ambrose was asked to leave like twice. And this makes number three. Here's where the thumbnail of the video that I was telling you about comes into play. AJ Styles is a dangerous man. Is what is what Ambrose says. And of course, Dean is dressed up as the Mountie. But Shane McMahon comes in to the office and he tells him to leave. And Ambrose, and the the only thing that he the only thing that he wants to do is just poke fun at Shane McMahon. <laughs> he tells him, "Don't you want to know why I'm dressed up as the Mountie?" <laughs> and sh and Brian just tells uh, Shane to take the night off. You know, hey, you know, you're overworked, you're overstressed, you're hurt from last night. You know. Because he, he wrestled a match last night. Or not last night, but the night before. <clears throat> and anyway, he's like, no, I don't want to know why you're dressed up as the Mountie. I don't care. You know, just leave. Leave. Stop bothering me. God damn, I didn't ask for a pizza earlier. You know, I didn't, I didn't want you to show up. Just go home. Stop bothering me. And basically, what ends up happening is just pure comic, pure comic, pure comical relief gold. So, Brian tells Shane to go home, McMahon goes home, and after he does, <laughs> Brian asks, Brian asks Dean why he's dressed up as the Mountie, and he's... Dean Ambrose, with a straight face, takes off his glasses. He says, isn't it obvious? And, of course, Brian, visibly confused. And Ambrose looks straight at Brian, and then he says, just tell AJ Styles something for me. <laughs> and then he's, he says... I want you to tell AJ Styles that the Mountie always gets his man. And Brian just faced palms like and then he just says, "Oh god." <laughs> Dean Dean tells Shane McMahon as he's leaving. He says, "I'll tell you next week why he's dressed up as the Mountie." And then we get our next match, Natalia versus Becky Lynch. You don't get to see a lot of it because uh, they cut like commercial break or whatever because this was played on live television. Um, it's maybe three or four minutes, and then after that, after uh, Natalia taps out, Alexa comes in and she basically gives uh, Becky Lynch what for. She basically puts Becky 
down. And there's a controversy too surrounding her match. Um, so Alexa tapped out last last pay per view that we just got done talking about, which is the Survivor Series. Alexa tapped out, but also her foot was under the rope. So apparently the referee is blind, you know, or something like that. But whenever Whenever Alexa tries to make a case and say something along the lines of the referee should have restarted the match because I was in a compromised position and whenever the referee was trying to restart the match according to Alexa and according to Hill commentator um, JBL who wants to see Alexa thrive for whatever reason um... Well, Daniel Bryan came down and he reversed the decision of the referee. Apparently that's what he did. That's what he did when it came to... Crazy. When it came to the um, women's SmackDown Championship match, Baron Corbin versus Kane, I gave it one out of five stars because it was a DQ finish and it only lasted maybe 35-40 seconds before Kalisto got involved. If you'll remember, uh, earlier in the night, Kalisto faced off against The Miz and Baron Corbin got involved and Kalisto basically just gave him a receipt. Brian makes an IC title match for TLC uh, involving Dolph Ziggler because The Miz comes to comes to Daniel Bryan and he demands that Dolph Ziggler be suspended. And instead of suspending the man who just kicked your intercontinental champion in the face he rewards him by saying that Dolph Ziggler will receive a championship match for the intercontinental championship now in 2016 it was a very different landscape provided what I would do is not give Daniel Bryan the opportunity in order to be the SmackDown general manager or for that matter if he's the general manager and Shane McMahon is the commissioner I don't really see what I feel like that these are meaningless titles just to give them more screen time you know to create the illusion that they actually hold power Had it been up to me, though, my on-screen persona for he who holds power would have been somewhere, someone along the lines of Booker T. But whenever I said that on Twitter, back whenever I only had 35 followers and was struggling to get 36, 
back when I said that, someone tweeted back at me and said, no, Booker T is not the right fit, and Daniel Bryan is more popular. So tell me how Daniel Bryan is more popular whenever Booker T has been commentary. He's been wrestling for more, probably longer. You know, like, it doesn't make much sense that Bryan would be more popular than Booker T. Maybe in the fans, in the youth, the younger fans, maybe, but they can always go back on YouTube whenever you appoint Booker T as your general manager, and they can always go back on YouTube and look at Booker T and all of his success. And they're parents, sure enough, can say, hey, he used to wrestle whenever I watched wrestling. And tell them, tell their kids the, the stories and stuff. Uh, Mel is on the phone and Nikki trying to find out who attacked her at the Survivor Series pay-per-views. Survivor Series pay-per-views and cost SmackDown Live the uh, match at the uh, Survivor Series. So basically, Nikki Bella is, or I'm sorry, Carmella is trying to talk on the phone, and Nikki Bella comes in and um, takes her phone away from her while she's on the phone. Just basically, whoosh takes her phone from her and then says how about you explain to me you know what you did on Survivor Series whenever you laid me out so there was a whole big mystery even though I'm just bringing it up right now I didn't write it down 55 times every time that they would mention it um there was a whole big mystery about Nikki Bella and who laid her out who uh because apparently the women were one woman short in the five-on-five five, uh, traditional uh, Survivor Series type thing. But nonetheless, what I mean to say is... It was almost like a storyline to fill time. Instead of actually answering any questions. So the giveaway will be today. As I've recently mentioned. But not today rather. But it starts today. Extending into next Friday. You can come into my DMs on Twitter. At P1 underscore Bay Bay. That's P1 underscore b-a-y b-a-y there is no keyword or anything like that i'm using a system of numbers so if you're dm number one through five i'm going to let you know hey look here's your choice of gift card or here's your choice of of money and then i'll give you two or three choices and then you'll 
like kind of like a multiple choice question. You know, what do you want more? And there is no D all of the above because just giving it to one person, I mean, that's not fair, you know? And also, I have a Halloween joke. Are you ready? I hope everybody, I hope everyone is ready. Okay? Just let me cough really fast. Okay, so, what's a skeleton's favorite snack? Ribs. Okay, sorry about that. <clears throat> now, we come to our main event. As AJ Styles faces off against James Ellsworth, that cheerlet, that cheerless holy crap that chinless wonder as jbl calls him jbl also says that james ellsworth is a slug who somehow got out of the water and started walking <laughs> james ellsworth this man is pissing off jbl so much he even says maybe we could get james ellsworth in a room with tony chimmel and he could he could borrow one of his chins <laughs> I swear to god so JBL is just dogging on James Ellsworth I swear <laughs> uh, AJ Styles faces off against James Ellsworth and it was basically a 10 minute it was basically a 10 minute squash match Thank you all for joining me for this episode of the Gut Wrench Podcast. And if you would like to participate in the giveaway that I will be held holding, holy crap, all you have to do is pick a number between one and three no you don't even have to do that so all you have to do is DM me and let me know what it is that you're looking for giveaway wise thank you all for joining me for another episode of the gut wrench podcast the only podcast that is endorsed by Chris Statlander. That's a wrap.